0: We you, Lord. We ask that you break open the bread of life for your people here today. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we are healed and set free uh, physically, mentally, and spiritually by your word. And we thank and praise you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. And we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, we're going to talk about the pride today. You know, Paul talks about the prize all the time. Amen. He 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 tells us to press toward the mark of the calling, the, of toward the mark of the prize, to to attain this prize. And this is uh, the bulk of 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 his uh, teaching in the New Testament was to press forward. I press. Y'all get it? Amen. <laughs> I press. <laughs> And so he uh, encouraged us to stay on course, not give up. Amen? Amen? Not give up. Because God has uh, a specific job for each and every one of us to do while we're here on earth. And Paul took it personally. And he took it, I mean, he was, that's all he did. Even when he was in prison, and on lockdown, call it that. He, he kept uh, an understanding of what he was supposed to be doing. You know, when he was in jail, he wrote uh, a lot of the, the New Testament while he was in chains. And he wrote about that. And, it you know, that helps deliver people. I mean, and so he, he never forgot his position. He never forgot what he was supposed to be doing. And that was pressing toward the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. But I want to talk a little bit about that prize. The prize that, that Paul talked about. And in other words, he's saying that you don't receive the prize unless you press forward. Amen? You have to keep going in God. Press toward the finish line. Amen? And receive the crown. Hallelujah. And this means that believers can press until we finish the race. You know, in other words, sometimes the race gets hard. He was in jail for things that he didn't do. Amen. But he never gave up. He never quit. He pressed toward the mark. So we must press forward. In other words, you keep going forward. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess up. Some even may quit. That's the no-no, because really and truly quitting is not even an option. But many of us do. Many of us do. And if that happens, you repent and pick yourself up, and you continue to press forward toward the mark of the goal, of the calling, because we all want to do what God has called us to do while we're here. Amen? Everyone has something to do for God. And it can be achieved because we have the Holy Spirit now to help us to achieve these things. And so we don't quit. We don't look. It's it's not to the left or to the right. In other words, you don't get distracted. Because I know that the devil sends many distractions. Why? Because he does not want you to complete your mission here on earth. And so we're We've all been called to do a specific thing, and these outside influences will keep that from happening or slow it up or confuse you to the point where you don't know what you're supposed to be doing. Anybody been here other than me? Hallelujah. So in the natural realm, we sometimes forget what we are supposed to be doing because we do, we're, we're um, in the world but not of the world. And we have these natural situations, like we have families, homes, we have jobs, we have children. And these things will try to pull us out of the spirit realm until you start just um, paying attention to what you're doing in the natural. But God has created a way for us to get everything done, your job, cleaning your house. That ought to be on the top of the list, by the way. And just doing all of these things, raising your children, and you can complete your mission for him. Amen? Because this is why he's given us the Holy Spirit as a helper, as a teacher, as a comforter. You know, everything that we need, God has provided it for us. Everything pertaining to life and godliness, you know, if whatever the mission is, he's already uh, made a way for us to get that thing done and... Uh, attend to the things in the natural that you need to do, amen there's no such thing as I didn't have time. you have time for everything that God has on your plate. but you know uh, this is why I think it was so important to Paul to to move forward and to stay on your mission and and not focus on the um, focus on the mission, but don't focus on the problems that come. Uh, in your way, while during the mi- during your mission, you know, don't focus on the. Stay focused on the the mission. Don't focus on the dis- discouraging things that may happen along the way. And so sometimes for us it's hard to stay focused. So I know God has made a way for us to get it all done, and it's not too hard. And just don't quit. Amen. So let's go to Philippians three. Hallelujah. Philippians 3.13. Praise God. Paul was so intensely focused on pursuing the prize of his calling in Christ Jesus that he would not allow himself to look anywhere but forward toward the goal. So he never stopped stretching forward. You know, like a runner, a runner in a, a, a relay race or whatever. You know, uh, stretching them every muscle in their body, so that they can get to the finish line. And this is how we need to look at what we're doing for Christ. Because sometimes we get into that vein where we think we just own our time, and we can do things whenever we want to do it. But it's not that way. God has a plan and a purpose for you to be for you being here, and it's not to loaf off or you know whatever it is or do the things that you want to do you're on his time amen not your own and so we ha- we must always look at our lives like a runner amen trying to reach the finish line because you know you have a season there are seasons in which you have to get certain things done and so Paul understood that so in Philippians 3 let's see verse 13 it says brethren I do not count myself to have apprehended or attained or um, I'm trying to think of another word that I could use in, in, this, uh, in the place of apprehend. He hasn't discerned. Or, or he don't have a clear understanding yet. He's not attained. So he's, he's not trying to present himself as a person to us that's made it already. He's, he's letting us know, look, I, I, bear, I bear the same problems that you do. You know, I worry that some of these things that come upon me I'm not able to do. He says, so I'm not saying I've attained all of this stuff. I'm not saying I've apprehended. I'm not saying that I've got it all done and it was easy and, you know, I'm done with that. He's saying that he is struggling, having the same struggles that we have. Amen? Hallelujah. He says, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. And verse 14 says, so I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And so Paul is saying, look, struggles come, but struggles also go. But I continue to stay focused on what my purpose is here on earth. Amen. So I haven't attained everything. I haven't apprehended or um, found uh, a secret way to get these things done and, and, and have done it with, um, with joy And well, I think that his thing was that he wanted to do uh, press and have joy doing it and I think that was one of Paul's missions but I'm sure everything being in prison didn't bring him joy but he's just letting us know that he's just like you and me but he continued to go forward. He was always reaching forward to those things which were ahead. And those past failures, what happened last year, even the good things that you did last year, you got to put those things on the shelf. You got your trophy. So put it on the shelf and let's move. Past that. Because there's much work to be done. Amen. And so Paul, I believe, wanted us to know where his mind was when he uh, pursued the things that God had for him. So he looked at it like pursuing a prize. And it was in, his, in Christ Jesus, the calling that was placed upon him. Amen. And he wanted to get to know Jesus better. And this is the, the I think his his ultimate goal was to know him. Amen. Hallelujah. But to Paul the prize was not just entering into the joy of the Lord because of a job well done. See in other words, Paul wasn't looking for a pat on the back from God. Amen. Job well done, my good and faithful servant. You hear a lot of people say, Well that's all I want to hear. Well that ain't what all I want to hear. I want to survive. I, want to, I don't want to struggle. I want to have nice things. I want everything that's written in. I want healing, blessings, you know, everything that God has pro- already provided for me. I want all of that because I am an heir. And so whatever I got coming, being an heir of Abraham because of the covenant that I, I am with, in with God, I want everything that's coming to me. And no, it's not greed. It's just knowing what belongs to me. Amen. And so these are the things that Paul, he, was, he wanted everything that was coming to him. But above all that, he wanted to know him. Amen. He wanted to know Christ, not just for his sake. He didn't want to know Christ for himself. He wanted to know Christ for Christ. For Christ's sake. He wanted to draw from him. He wanted to fellowship with him. See, somebody that's died for you or taken a bullet for you in the natural, you'll be beholden to that person for the rest of your life. This is how Paul felt about Jesus. Amen? He was beholding to him. Not that he uh, thought that Christ was the almighty, um, whatever, you you know. It wasn't... uh, A wrong kind of thought in his mind. It wasn't perpetuated by flesh. You understand what I'm saying? But he knew in whom he believed. He understood the cross and the the pain and the, the fellowship of that suffering was because he identified with the pain that Jesus suffered. And you know what? We're all supposed to do that. We're all supposed to love Jesus for that reason. And we're supposed to identify with that pain that he suffered. I believe if people can get a hold of this, they would be less sick. Because they would understand that he took all of that for your illnesses. So you wouldn't have to deal with it. Amen? He was bruised for our iniquities. You know, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and this is why we don't need to worry about things. And with his stripes, we were healed. And so Paul wanted to identify with what happened on Calvary and then uh, have a relationship out of that experience. And I'm telling you, when you approach... um, the things that God has has laid up for you, or when you approach the things that God has you to have you to do, we we wouldn't complain so much about it, because look what He's given us, His only Son. Well, He was Jesus. No, He was a man going up there on that cross, and those people had no pity on Him at all, and they just laid it to Him, and once that was done you know, it was done for us, then we need to identify with that. And then we won't take so much from the devil. That's why God's given us authority over what's already been done. Amen? So we need to connect those things. Everything that happened on Calvary, we need need to connect it to our everyday lives. And this is what Paul did. This is what he wanted to do. He wanted to stay in touch with Christ and the things that he did. Everything that his blood represented, he wanted, Paul wanted to identify with that. Is that making sense? And we know that causes us to know him better. And as so many people live and die and go to church every day, not knowing him, because they don't identify with what he's done Personally. For us, because see, this is a personal thing. This wasn't just something randomly happening, but this was well thought out. Because the devil is an evil devil, and so God had everything—everything, uh, everything. hurts, wounds, you know—everything that you can encounter in life was placed upon Jesus. It's nothing that you can think of or come up with. Rape, you know, incest, all of that stuff. Poverty, sickness, death, everything that you will run into. Hope you don't run into any of that stuff. But everything bad that you can imagine was placed upon Jesus. Paul had that understanding. And this is why um, he was so adamant about finishing his course running his race, doing what God called him to do. He placed that first and foremost in his life, and that's what we should do. Amen. I'm hoping after this we will understand more why we need to hang in there and don't quit, no matter how bad things look. No matter how see the devil's just fighting you. Amen. But who's been given the authority and the power to come against principalities? We have. And so when you see this demonic activity going on in your life, you have the power to do something about it. Amen? And it is because of what Jesus did for us. And this is why Paul was so thankful for what Jesus did for us because he identified with what happened on Calvary. Amen. Amen. So uh, it wasn't about uh, Paul wanting God to say, well, servant, well done. But he wanted to identify, he wanted to uh, put himself in Jesus' place, not that he needed to, because you know, you only die once for a for everything that was laid upon him, but he wanted to just um, be uh, so deep and so thickly involved with Jesus because of the great love that he had for him. Because he, it's like this: he recognized Jesus's love for him, and he just kind of wanted to bask in it every day. He didn't want to. He didn't want to go far from it. Does that make sense? He wanted to be right there with him through the good and through the bad. Paul wasn't looking for a way out or an easy way out. Amen? But, you know, he could have took the easy route out when those prison doors flew open, but he didn't leave. And he didn't let anybody else leave because there was something supernatural going on. Amen? And this is the life that he wanted. And don't forget, Paul was a persecutor of Christians. He was a pretty bad boy. God had to strike him blind just for him to listen to him and understand what was going on. And so he was, uh, he hated Christians, he hated the Lord, he hated the word. I mean, he was just like you and me. I mean, we're not, we weren't nearly as bad as that bad boy. But he was converted. He was converted in his heart. That's why it's, every, it's a heart thing. You have to change in your heart. Amen. Hallelujah. And so Paul wanted the prize because he wanted to do the right thing because he wanted to be close to Jesus. To If you really want to know the truth, he couldn't wait to go to heaven. That's really what he wanted. But then he says, well, it's better for you all that I stay. Jesus said something similar to that, too, to the disciples. And so Paul knew what his mission was, and he knew it was better for the church of Ephesus and all of the other churches that he was over. He knew it was better for those people to walk ahead of them, set an example, preach the gospel, heal the sick, and do all the things that he did before his time was up. But if it hadn't been left to Paul, he just could have went to heaven because that's just how much in love he was with Jesus. Amen. So he wanted to do his job. He wanted to to take care of everything that was on his plate. How many of us want to do that? I know I do. Didn't start out like that, but I want to achieve everything that God has for me to do. And you can't do it being in self-pity and defeat. So many times Paul was defeated, but he didn't quit. He did not quit. He didn't complain. He made the best. He always fellowshiped with the Father. And that's what got him through the rough times. Amen. Hallelujah. But Paul said that the prize is that I may know him. I know we've said that before. That I may know him and to be conformed into his image. So the other part of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ, is that he wanted to be conformed into the image of Christ. In other words, Paul didn't like his flesh. He was sick of his flesh. He was sick of doing fleshly things, thinking fleshly thoughts. Hello, y'all there. He didn't like the flesh. He didn't like doing things that he thought was right for him. But he consulted God, and he wanted to do things God's way. So he wanted to be conformed into the image of God. And he knew at some point if he kept following Christ, he would be conformed into his image. If we keep following Christ, we will be conformed to his image. Amen? Hallelujah. And it's, it's being perfected. He wanted to be perfected. Amen. You know, we need to want to be perfected. We need to get tired of our own flesh. We need to get tired of the problems. We need to get tired of the mental confusion. Amen. But we can do something about that. Whenever we get tired and we want to conform into his image, all you got to do is is come against your flesh and tell your flesh to straighten up. Amen. Make it come under the subjection of the Holy Ghost. You can make it. Come under subjection of the Holy Ghost and be found in him. Not having our own righteousness. Paul wasn't interested in his own righteousness because that's another thing. When we do something right, we want want to get credit for it. We want everybody to know what we did, our accomplishments. But that's flesh. That's what we need to get sick and tired of. Amen? Well, he says that he wanted to know him for, for Christ's righteousness that's received by faith, not his righteousness. Are y'all here? But through faith in Christ, he wanted to own that righteousness. He wanted to get it the, the, the way everybody else was going to get it. He didn't want to take advantage of what he pre-knew, you understand, because of who he was. But he wanted to walk the walk, talk the talk, and he wanted to receive the same crown that me and you receive. And he wanted that crown of righteousness that's received through faith in Christ. Amen. The prize is growing and knowing. Are you growing? you got to ask yourself that. Are you growing in Christ Jesus? Growing is knowing. Growing is knowing him. And so Paul wanted to do things the right way. He didn't try to take shortcuts. And he was tired of his flesh, and he wanted to slay his flesh, and he did, amen, he, by staying humble. You can't get rid of your flesh by not being humble. So he stayed humble, amen, and he got rid of his flesh because he was sick and tired of it, amen. All right, let's go back to verse 8. I think. Philippians 3 verse. We did 13 and 14. So let's read verse 8. It says, Yet indeed... Let's see, do I have the right thing? Yeah. It says, Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things And count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Amen. Amen. So in other words, he wanted to be in him. It was more important for Paul to be in him than to gain all of this knowledge and not have Christ. He says all, all this knowledge and all the wealth, everything that you can attain is rubbish. But knowing him and being in him... And having him in me, Christ in me, or Christ in you, the hope of glory, that was first and foremost in his life. Can you say amen? Verse 9. And be found in him. Hallelujah. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law. See, when you get in the flesh and you start wanting to be, uh, take credit for everything that, that God is doing for you, then you're on the wrong road. Amen? Hallelujah. And so Paul didn't want to do that. See, Paul had been there, the lowest of the low, the murderer. He used to torture and whip Christians, cut their heads off. Are y'all here today? And this man did such a complete turnaround, he couldn't get enough of the gospel. Amen. Christ in him. And when he made that that um, discovery, I'm going to call it that, that Christ was in him, he lives in us, that's all he wanted. Because he knew that if he was happy with Christ being in him, he could, he could do anything. That was the ultimate goal. Christ in us. Christ is living in us. And that's such a wonderful thing, amen? But many of us forget that. We forget it. Because you can tell how you live. We forget that. We overlook that. And that's a major big thing. In fact, it's all you need. Hallelujah. So not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. Hallelujah. So he wanted to get his righteousness or gain righteousness the right way so that he could understand it, walk through it. And it, and it would have some bearing on his life. Amen. And 10 says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Amen. Hallelujah. And so he just wanted to get acquainted with that infilling uh, of Christ on the inside of him and dwell there. Dwell in that understanding, dwell in that righteousness of knowing that Christ is in me, doing and working things out. Amen. Working things out in my life, working things out in other people's life through me. He was just he was just all about Christ and it was it's just that's how we ought to be. This is he is our example. Amen. Amen. He says, I count all things as loss, the excellence of knowledge of Christ our Lord, but whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Amen. He counted all rubbish, that he may gain Christ and be found in him, not having uh, his own righteousness, but the righteousness from God through faith. So he was ready. He was willing to walk the walk, talk the talk, and do what he was supposed to do to achieve the goals that God had placed before him. Amen. Knowing Christ not only means experiencing the power of the risen Lord, but also it means sharing in his sufferings. And this is the important thing that Paul wanted to say to us. Paul pressed toward the prize of being conformed into the image of Christ. He was pressing for a lot of different reasons. To be like Christ and to be perfected in Christ. And these were the important things to him and they ought to be important to us. It shouldn't be just what am I going to eat, drink, I've got to pay my bills, I want enough money to do this and that. That's not, all to, that's not what life all consists of. Life consists of a relationship, a pure relationship of, with Jesus Christ through faith. Amen. And this is, these are the things that Paul pursued. He pursued to be perfected. Are you pursuing perfection? Or are you satisfied with how you are? Because we are so perfect. Are y'all here today? Need to think about it. Let's go to Philippians 1. Let's back up more. Verse 21. 1 verse 21. And he says, for me to live in, and this is still Paul talking, for me, wait, for to me to live in Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the, in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I, shall, what I shall choose, I cannot tell. Amen. So Paul didn't fear death. Amen. He says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So he wasn't afraid of death because he knew heaven was his home. See, in other words, this is what Paul was saying. I'm not too attached to this earth. Amen. I'm not so attached to this earth that i just, I, I just be happy to fly out of here at any minute. Amen. He wasn't so attached to earthly things. This is all he's saying. Paul was always in a battle. Amen. To abide in the natural or in the flesh or to go home to be with the Lord. This was his battle all the time. I know we don't have that battle. I'm not going to say I have that battle. not going to lie. But he was always having to make that decision should I go home and be with the Lord, or should I stay and help the churches? Amen. It really didn't make him any difference. But he it's not that he wanted death or he looked up toward death. He was just so consumed with the love of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. He was consumed with the love of Christ. And see, you get like that when you're not tied to things of the earth. Some people are tied to their stuff. Paul went tied to his stuff. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Paul suggests to us to seek to live each day on earth for the glory and the purpose of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not for your glory, not for your purpose, but for God's purpose. Live to do what God wants you to do. And all of these other things that you need will come. They will be there for you. God will make sure, look, God will make sure you're taken care of. If you take care of his stuff. Amen. Hallelujah. Galatians 2. Galatians 2. Verse 20. Um, yeah. Yeah. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. See, when you've been crucified with Christ, it annihilates your flesh. And when your flesh is annihilated, there's nothing else for you to want. All your needs are met. The greed is gone. Amen? And you just want more and more of Christ. Hallelujah. Because we're made in his image. See, we're not fleshly, carnal people we've been if you're born again, you've been uh reborn again, and your uh outer man is perishing, but you are uh your' inner you're a new man, your new creation man is who should dominate your life, not your flesh, because when you're born again, your flesh dies. some people hold on to it because they' they like it, but we're supposed to be crucified with christ he says. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by by faith in the Son of God, who loves me and gave Himself for me. In other words, die to stuff, die to religion, die to um, you know the what do you, what do you call that when your church believe in tradition. We adopt all that stuff. Because that tradition and all that stuff, that's flesh. That's what keeps us in fleshly mode. Because with one way we're used to doing things, one way we don't want to come out and just adapt to what God is doing. Behold, God does a new thing. Do you not know it? Well, I, 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 my church don't believe in that. Some people are just that weird. Amen. But we're to die to the flesh. Die to carnal things, you know, things that, and it mean us no good. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So he, has, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, he's saying my natural life, I live by faith. In the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. He died for me. In other words, he lives with that understanding every day. He died for me. Christ died for me. We need to live with the knowledge and understanding of what Christ has done. But what you know what most Christians do? They get involved in fleshly stuff that don't mean nothing. In fact, they get involved with fleshly stuff that's going to bring them down. They just can't see it. That's what I said. And so they need to stop it. But see, this is immaturity. People don't have control. If they're immature saints. How long are we going to be immature? How long? How long? And we need to pick up Christ and understand and know that the life that we live in him is the only life that matters. What we do for him is the only job that's worth anything. And in everything that we do, amen, in everything that we do, is it comes in there secondly or third or whatever. It's important, but it's not as important as what we do for Christ. Because what's really important is what he did for us. We're constantly becoming more and more like Christ every day. The more you come to church, the more you read your word. Get in the Word, renew your mind by meditating on the Word. You're moving towards Him. You're conforming into His image. And this is a good thing. And this is what Paul was saying. He wanted to be conformed to the image of Christ. Amen? He couldn't wait until he he was just tested on something so that he could prove out. Amen? Most of us are hoping we're never tested. Amen? Well, I'll say amen for you. (laughs) Hallelujah. So a big part of pressing toward the mark was the love of God and him being conformed to God's image. That was very important to him. So we must walk in the true love of Christ. Paul said, in him we live and move and have our being. You don't have your being if you're not in him. You're just trying to pick up some scraps to survive. Amen? You're just dragging from day to day, hoping this is your day that you get blessed. But if you live in him, if if Christ is in you, the hope of glory, you live every day to the fullest. You may not have everything you need. You may not have everything you want, but you are content. Amen? You, because you are complete in him. See, he completes us. He completes us in every way. When, God, when, when Christ is in us, he's working, he's healing us, delivering us, setting us free, giving us a new mind and a new heart. He's doing everything for us. He don't have to do that, but he does it. Why? Because he loves us. Because he died for us. And we need to acknowledge these things. Amen. For we are also his offspring. And he is not uh, far from us. These are things that we need to acknowledge. He is never far from us. But he is always near us. All the time. He is near us. He loves us. He never stops thinking about us. Ever. We don't think about him a lot. But he thinks about us every minute of the day. And so we need to be like Paul and start to put Christ first. And this other stuff, this fleshly stuff, it'll fade away. Fade because it's not important. Amen. Paul Paul saw the value of growing and maturing in the knowledge of him. He didn't just come to church. You know, he didn't just do what God wanted him to do. But Paul wanted um, a piece of Christ. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He wanted to operate out of that knowledge, knowing that Christ was in him, motivating him, healing him, working with him, talking to him, uh, ministering to him, overseeing him, overshadowing him. Everything that you can think of, this, this was this man's relationship with Christ. Yeah. And he wanted more. So much so that he was willing to leave this earth and die because he said all this stuff on earth and this fleshly crap is rubbish. He said, but if I could have him, then that would be the most important thing. And so we need to learn how to let go. Let go of fleshly desires. Because God wants us to have these things already. He's already provided everything that we need. Amen. He's El Shaddai. He's the God that's more than enough. You know, he's uh, uh, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Nehovah Nisi, the God that heals. Look, he's taking care of it all. Jesus is everything to us. But we need to honor him. We need to honor him. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to be more like Paul. You mean to tell me we can't do as good as an old murderer? You understand what I'm saying? A converted felon. We can do better than this. And we need to declare. And this is what declaring is all about. I am healed in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father. I thank you that by Jesus' stripes I am healed. He bore all of my sickness and and my pain. He did it all. And we need to declare these things. We just need to act more like Christians, live a little bit more like Christians. Are y'all here today? Amen. And this is what Paul, this is why Paul stuck around. He didn't have to. He did it for us to be an example, to preach and to teach. Amen. To let us know what the important things were. This stuff is important. It's not preached every day. But we know these things. But we need to be rem- uh, refreshed. Amen. And reminded. Because it can easily slip by. Amen. And so we need to be more like him. Amen. This is, this was his purpose of pressing toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. This is why Paul endeavored to finish his course. Because he wanted to obey the Father too. Paul fought a good fight. You know that's what he says in his salutation. I fought a good fight. I run the race and I finished my course. How many of us can say that? Amen. Most people get taken out by the devil and they don't finish their course. They don't fight a good fight. You know why? Because they didn't make that determination that the Bible was true. They didn't make that determination. It was always an if or a but. But you don't know my situation. I don't have to know it. And frankly, I don't want to know it. But I know what Christ did for you and for me. Amen. See, we, we, we're too many. There's too many special cases. <laughs> I'm a special case. Well, Jesus died for special cases too. Amen. Paul fought a good fight. What fight? Fight of faith. Yeah. Amen. He fought the enemy. He, he waged a good warfare. All for the knowledge of Christ. That's why he did it. To know him. Not to know about him. Like most of us know. But to know him. Christ in him. The hope of glory. And to stay in him. We need to learn how to stay in him, in Christ. Amen? By faith. By faith we walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. By faith we know him because we know of his great love. See, everybody don't know that Jesus loved them. They think that thing that he did at Calvary was just a thing. But I'm going to tell you something. If we had to been the only people on earth, and it had been just you, or you, he would have still gone to that cross. You know, that's how I got saved, for real. I was going to church. But I was in a denominational church, and they didn't believe in divine healing. They didn't believe in praying in tongues. They didn't believe in anything. But one day, I was searching because I I knew there was more. Because my spirit, man, could just feel like there was so much more to be received from God. And I knew that there was so much that I didn't know. And God told me one day when I was meditating the best way I could, he said, "If you know, if you had been the only one in the world, I would have still gotten on that cross. And I looked around. And, and see, God, don't think God don't talk to sinners. I had said to sinners prayer. Don't get me wrong. But he told me that. It brought tears to my eyes. I think I cried a week and every day, I wanted to tap into that spirit that I found in the, in the quietness of my home. And I would go back there and tap in to see what else he had to say for me. And that was just uh, uh, it, it was just Im- unbelievable. And so if I had been the only one, he would have still gone to that cross. Amen. And that's because of his undying love for me and for you. Had it been you, he would have gone to that cross. With all of our insecurities, with all of our bad manners, bad attitude, he would have still gone to that cross for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Paul saw the joy in knowing Christ and knowing Him. There's joy in knowing Him. Just like there's joy when you when you have a, a husband or a wife and you like want a cord, you know, and and you flow together good, and that's a good feeling. That's how Jesus feels when we know Him. There's certain things about... Um, about that person, when you have a like a spouse, when you have a great understanding and you get along good, there's a, a rewarding. It's like a reward, a rewarding feeling. That's how Paul felt with Jesus, and that's how we ought to feel with him. We ought to feel rewarded because he loved us so much. Amen. There's joy. Paul saw joy in knowing the Lord. And wouldn't allow the stagnation of yesterday's victories, yesterday's emotionalism. What happened yesterday? The fig tree was cursed and there was a great work done. He just, he left that stuff behind and he pressed forward to see what tomorrow would bring. What did God have in store for him tomorrow? What great work did he want Paul to do? And this is how he lived. And I used to think when I was in a traditional church, well, what's wrong with being happy about the good things you do? Well, it's nothing wrong with it. But do you know that 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 kind of thinking can suck you in? That kind of thinking cannot be good for you if it's excessive. And see, we don't know where to put our guard to say, well, I'm not going over this. I'm, I'm going to stop if I start feeling too good about this victory or that victory we don't have a gauge so it's best to stay out of that arena are y'all here today amen and focus on what's coming focus on the mission amen don't focus on what you've done already don't focus on what's trying to stop you paul had a thorn in his flesh it tried to stop him it was an agitation from the from the devil and instead of trying to figure out, church people trying to figure out what the thorn was, you need to try to learn how to do what he did. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. And what that meant was get up, shut up, and keep moving toward the, the goal. Keep moving toward what I've already told you to do. So focus on the mission, not the problem. That, that thorn was a problem. Amen? Amen. Focus on what God has called you to do and get it done, Amen. From a prison cell in Rome, Paul comes to terms with an accomplished past and a a confining present. He's in prison after his past, after his um, past as a uh, a persecutor, a killer a bad boy, you know. He looked back to, on all of that. It's like when you come into some bad stuff or when you get sick, don't you reflect back on the good and the bad that you've done? Well, this is what Paul would do every time he landed up in jail. <laughs> and he was in there a lot. So it was like yesterday's mistakes and all of this stuff, and he would meditate on all these things. But you know what he, he would always come up with this, Christ Christ is our hope he was still because he had Christ on he carried him on the inside so this is what am I saying I don't care what happened to you good or bad whatever situation you find yourself in Christ is still in you and he's still your hope whatever situation you got yourself in he'll get you out amen Whatever situation he got you into, because you're a Christian and a believer and trying to obey as best you can, whatever situation God got you in, he will get you out. Why? But he is because he's our hope. Nothing is hopeless when you know him. And so this is how Paul lived. Let's go to Colossians 1. Did I go there before? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Paul tried to say, keep himself, and see, this is what most Christians don't do. He tried to keep himself in the love of Christ. This is what that is. Staying in the love of Christ. Staying out of emotionalism because of what went wrong. I'm in jail, and all I was doing was trying to preach the gospel, you know. They took my picture and gave me some numbers, and now here I am again. So he tried to stay out of that. You, y'all know what I'm saying. Why am I here? You know. So he tried to stay away from that. And he just tried to uh, understand and know, look, Christ is in me. Whatever, whatever the gospel got me, whatever trouble the gospel got me in, Christ will get me out of it. Colossians 1, let's go to verse 26. Hallelujah. And it talks about the mystery. And this is the other part of the prize let's see let's go to 25 it says of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God in other words he had been called as a minister for the people for the churches verse 26 says the mystery which has been hidden from the ages and from generations, but now has been revealed. Are y'all here today? To his saints. I'll read it again. Verse 26. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, to them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of his mystery, What are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. In other words, he, Paul, is saying, look, the kingdom is in you. Christ is in you, and he is the hope. Amen. Amen. And so you don't have to strive anymore. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to struggle. Because he is with us everywhere we go. And we'll never get rid of him. Amen. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. We don't have to worry about being alone, being hurt, being rejected. If you feel rejection, you need to get in your word. Because the the Holy Spirit is your strength is your comforter, is your love, is, is he's the one that lets you know that you are loved and you are not alone. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. And so this was the mystery. The mystery was that the kingdom is within you. And, it, and see, this, this is the thing. The written word, this Bible is the written word of God. It introduces us and it unfoils and un, it reveals, it unveils the living word, which is Christ Jesus, in us. So in other words, you can't understand the living word or Christ in you, the hope of glory, unless you understand this written word. Because the written word, this Bible, is the gateway to the living word, Jesus Christ in us so you mean he's in me and I don't understand yes ma'am but this written word will reveal hallelujah it will reveal who the living word is are y'all here man y'all trying to work me (laughs) amen and this was the mystery among the Gentiles in other words, the, the Gentiles could not grasp this. They couldn't understand it. Amen? Because they were religious. They were traditional. And they didn't, they didn't receive the word with gladness because they already knew everything. But see, you don't understand I got this problem. No, I understand you got this right here. Amen? Amen? And so the written word reveals the living word to us. Yeah. And is, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's the mystery being unveiled yeah. on the inside of us. In other words, you got Christ in you, you don't have no problems. Right. <laughs> there are no problems. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Because, see, you need to learn how to work with what you've got. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do I do that? The written word. See, these are our instructions. Amen. The written word is our instructions so that we'll understand the living word, Jesus Christ, who lives inside of us. And he is the hope. As long as he's living in you, you don't have any, you don't have no problem. Because he can solve them all. He's already done it. Amen. He gives good gifts to men. So he's already given us the necks of our enemies. He given, he's given us power and authority, given us dominion, given us the keys to the kingdom. What do you need? Everything we need is on the inside of us, the kingdom within. Hallelujah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and this is what the Gentiles, they couldn't understand this. And the Pharisees all dim. They couldn't understand this revelation. Amen. Christ revealed. And, it was, and he's been revealed inside of us. Amen. And this is what Paul was after. He couldn't get enough of it. Paul is identified in his, he is identified in his sufferings with Christ and looks at his own suffering with Christ as a joyous privilege, not a problem. Because it's not a problem because the work's been done. And so Paul looked at it as a privilege and an honor, amen, and a joyous privilege. He said, this stuff is good. This is, I'm in a good position where I can have a good life, do everything that I'm called to do for God, and have a wonderful life as a Christian on earth. And we have that same opportunity. Amen. All questions are answered. Nothing happens by accident or by chance. Amen. Amen. God has, has, has already done everything good. The devil is here to mess you up, but you have authority over him. Get busy. And the more you understand and meditate on the written word, the more you're going to do. Uh, the more you're going to accomplish for God in the natural. Amen. Hallelujah. Because the kingdom is within. Everything you need is within. Amen. Now, let's see, what was this mystery that was hidden for ages? And I'm just going to repeat it because I got ahead of what I wrote down. And it's revealed to the saints, and it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Or in other words, you can say the kingdom is within you. And see, this is why people don't like you, or this is why people like you. I mean, it could go either way. And this is why people see things about you that's different. And it's not you. If we can only just stay out of flesh. But it's Christ in us. Amen. Hallelujah. So the prize Paul keeps pressing after is Christ being formed in us. Now he's in there. He may not be strong in there. But you got to feed it. Amen. got to feed it. Amen. So this is the prize, that, uh, that, uh, that Christ being formed in us. And, but Paul knew it was a, a continual, progressional thing. He knew everybody wasn't there. Like, we're not all there. And so we, what do we have to do? We need to meditate on the Word. We need to do Proverbs 4.20, my son attend to my work. Well, that's just for men. I heard some ladies say that because it says my son well, we're all sons, but we're daughters, too. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that in. This is the prize, Christ being formed in us, and Paul knew this. And it's a continual, progressional thing. Amen. You've got to feed your spirit, the word of God, and you'll see more of what God is doing on the inside of you. In other words, you'll see the capabilities that you have. You'll see what God is able to do through you and in you. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we need to all. Oh, shouldn't be afraid to see. Some of us get afraid, you know, to to see just what God can do through us. But we shouldn't be. Amen. Let's go to First John. I'm almost done. 1 John 3. Paul just, I think he wanted to be in the presence of God. Amen. He wanted a pure relationship built by faith. And he wanted to receive all that he had coming by faith. You know, some people just want rain, rain on me. Just rain on me. Rain on me. But Paul wanted to receive it by faith. You know, we, we're, we are living in a generation where we want God to do everything. But God wants us to do some things. Because he's already done all he's going to do. 1 John 3, I'm sorry, did I say that? Okay, verse 2. It says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. Hallelujah. For we shall see him as he is. And this is what Paul was waiting on. Amen. In other words, Paul was really waiting on being in the presence of God. But he wasn't so uh, religious because he, he wasn't religious. He, he didn't just, oh, I just you hear people, I just want to go home and be with the Lord. They don't, that's religion. Paul understood who he was. He understood the Christ in him. The kingdom was within, and he knew ultimately to uh, that would if he went so far, uh, being in him, then that would put him in the presence of God. Amen. And it was it would have just pleased him if it was today or tomorrow, but he knew that he had a job to finish on this earth, and so he didn't take the easy way out. Amen. I'm not gonna say Enoch took the easy way out. <laughs> I'm not gonna say. It. Although some people think that, because he just vanished, he just was taken up. Amen. I'm out of here. But Paul knew that there was things on his plate that he had to get done, and he wanted to accomplish those things. But he also wanted to en- he wanted to enjoy the the knowing of who Christ was inside of him. Amen. He wanted to enjoy that. So let's see. So I. I In verse, uh, let's see, did I do verse 3? It says, and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Amen. So he just really wanted to be in the presence of God. But he wasn't so crazy that he wanted to rush it because he knew that there was things that he needed to do here on earth. And let's go to Romans 8. Hallelujah. Verse 29. It says, for whom he foreknew. That's in advance. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Did he foreknow you? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Amen. So he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. In whom he called, these he also justified. Amen. That means that when you justified, you don't need an excuse for why you did something for a person. Right. Amen. You just did, so receive it. And whom he justified these he also glorified to the highest level. Amen. So Paul's goal was to finish his course. Our goal should be to finish our course that God laid before us or before him in the process. Amen. To know him and to know his love. See, a lot of us don't know the love of Christ. We don't know. We want to know. We think we kind of know. We may experience it from time to time. Maybe you went to a a spirit-filled meeting and, you know, the anointing was there and you feel the love of Christ. But when you go home or the next day, do do you feel that love? And so this was Paul's mission to understand and know this love and take advantage of this love every single day. To find out more about it. It was a process. And he stayed on the road to victory until he found that. And what he understood and knew is that there was hope in Christ. Christ, the hope of glory. And that he was in him. In him. In him we live and move and have our being. We do everything in him, by him, for him. If it wasn't for him, we would do nothing. We would know nothing. We could not do anything. And so Paul on this road uh, to perfection, because that's really what it was. He was being perfected like me and you. The longer we walk with God, the more perfection we get. But he wanted to acknowledge Christ and what he did on that cross for mankind. Amen. He wanted to do it for Christ's sake. And not his own. Because Paul wasn't looking for any accolades. He wasn't looking for nothing. He was just uh, a man on a mission. He was on God's mission. And he wanted to do it to the best of his ability. Amen. And there's no excuse for, for uh, shabby Christianity. It's just none. We know too much. And these are the people that know so much as people that do it. Amen. And so you got to look at your witness. What does that say to a person that does not know God? What does that say to young children who are growing up without a father? You know, or uh, parents who are full of drugs. What is your walk with Christ saying to these people? Amen? See, these things, we need to evaluate them. Because these are important to God. May not be important to us so much, but they're important to God. And they were important to Paul. He walked upright before all men. And he just wanted a little bit more of God. A little bit more. But in his, his uh, striving and his stretching himself and pressing to know more and to do more for Christ and to stay on that road, He discovered the mystery, and it was unveiled. Christ in him. Christ was already in him. It was in him. He was in him, and he's in you and me, and he is the hope. So you never lose hope. Why do people lose hope? Because they don't know that Christ is in them. They're not born again. Amen? And so it's up to us to get that done. It's up to us to make sure that every person have the opportunity. And you can't do it being in your flesh. Being concerned with things that does not. God is concerned with humanity. That's first on his list. Amen. Humanity. Paul was maxed out or stretched to every last ounce of his endurance. Amen. But it was a good kind of maxed out. Because he knew that Christ was in him. He knew. He now knew that that mystery had been revealed. That the kingdom is within us. And whenever we want to wake up and shake it up and get get busy doing for God, we have everything that we need to do a good job. Amen? And then we will hear servant well done. But you can't hear that until you get it done. And we can't waste time. We don't live in a, People are talking about, oh, we live in the end times. Well, what are you doing? Are you still stuck in you? Or, or, or do you have others in your heart? People that you know need to be saved. People you know that need food, need clothes. Are you doing what you can do? Amen. These are, we need to reevaluate and readjust. Because God has perfection. He's perfecting us day by day. We know enough to get out and win this whole world for Christ. Because people can talk about end times all they want, but nothing's coming to a close until we do our jobs. Amen. All right, why don't we close? Father, we do thank and praise you. Hallelujah.